Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Flames. The Flames have now fallen to two non-playoff contending teams in their last three games. What is going wrong? How can they fix it? And how can they bounce back on Friday's game against the Arizona Coyotes? All that and more on today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations Team. Hope you're having a fantastic day today. How are you? Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts uh, for free. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Audible, Odyssey, you name it. And of course on YouTube as well. And uh, if it's free, it's for me. So you know I tune into all the other Locked on podcasts as well. What on earth happened to the Flames last night? You know, they had that cushy lead there, you know, with goals from Johnny Goudreau and Dylan Dubé to go up 2-0. And then they cut the lead in half, 2-1. And then Backlund secures it, right? He makes it 3-0. Or sorry, 3-1 rather. And then they just start to fall, right? They they fell asleep at the wheel. Um, they collapsed in a way that we have not seen in quite some time. And it was very, uh, what's the word, disheartening, to say to say the least. You know, I think that we've seen the Flames kind of ride this high of success this season. So when they regress back to Jeff Ward hockey, uh, it's very discouraging. And we're going to dissect all of this right now because I knew there was a, there was a very specific moment where I could pinpoint this game going ugly. And that would be when Markstrom's issues started with his equipment in the first period. He let in a routine goal. And it was either before or right after he had issues with his equipment. And the trainer came out and to look at it. But it just, it still didn't feel right. And you could tell Markstrom was frustrated. Like he looked very like just uncomfortable I guess and um you know like when you walk with a rock like a little pebble in your shoe and you're like you're hustling and bustling and you can't get down the street fast enough you can't take your shoe off to get this the stinking rock out that's what really what it reminded me of just that discomfort and like you want to fix it but you don't know if you can and how you can <laughs> but he was growing so frustrated. He let in a very routine goal. And even it got by him and he was like, what, what did I just do? Like he fell asleep in the net. And then he ended up spearing a Sharks player. So Jacob Markstrom <laughs> just was very frustrated, was very temperamental he was not having any of it last night and he even said in his post game uh presser that, that he did not play well and I'm, I'm glad that he recognizes that because I think a lot of players could just kind of go out there and say 
my defense didn't play well. My players weren't crashing the net. So this isn't on me, especially Jacob Markstrom, who's had an elite season, you know. But the night just unraveled through all three periods. Like, after that incident with Markstrom's uh, equipment, it just started spiraling. And the Flames could not get themselves together. And in Shane Stevenson's Behind the Box Behind the box score article, he notes that the Flames weren't attacking the crease the way that they normally do. And I'm going to read a quote from the article. The Sharks did prioritize crease crashing, and they did it on a good night. Markstrom was not himself. As such as, as, such as it resulted in two goals from a high-danger area, 28 seconds apart in the third period. Calgary did have quite the push in the last two minutes with the goaltender pulled but did not succeed. And I think that it's very easy to sit here and get frustrated, right? Like, how are you going to lose again to the Sharks? Especially this late in the season, when you have just made some really great acquisitions at the trade deadline, what is the excuse? There isn't one. But the Flames just did not play like themselves last night. Now, I don't know. I don't have an excuse for it. Did they just get lazy? Did they not want to play well? (laughs) And I just, I don't have an excuse. And I don't think that there is one. Daryl Sutter was so frustrated that he did not go out and do a post-game press conference. So I can only imagine what was said post-game in the locker room to those players. He actually sent out, I read Kristen Anderson's tweets. It was like two o'clock in the morning, my time. And she was just tweeting about how Sutter didn't come out and how he sent out the most happy-go-lucky guy in the organization. And that sends a real message. You know, I think anytime a coach doesn't come out to talk to the media, that's that's saying everything that we need to know. Uh, you know, we saw that a lot, like, during during the pandemic. You know, obviously, coaches can't go out there if they're in protocol. But, you know, after a loss like that, there is absolutely no way Sutter was going to speak to the media. None of the players should. I mean, the players should because they need to answer for themselves. Like, the coach can only do so much. And, like, but the players were just not – up to par with where they should have been. And it is disappointing. It's discouraging. It's quite defeating when you have that cushy lead and then you allow three unanswered goals. And they did have that nice, uh, you know, final push in the last, I think it was like 84 seconds, like technically speaking, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't tie it up. They couldn't go to overtime. They couldn't t- take away a point. And instead, they, again, were served a slice of humble pie. And I hope that they remember this. And we're going to talk more about it. But moving forward, you need to start applying pressure. You need to perform. You just cannot lose like that to non-contending teams or two contending teams. It is just fully unacceptable. 
Coming up next, we're going to talk about who's performing, who's hot, who's not, and really look at how some of these players performed last night. But before we do that, let's hear from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I love HelloFresh, okay? I, as a college student who works part-time, who does hockey podcasting, public relations, who always needs to be somewhere, it is so nice to be able to just like go on and click my my meals for the week and not have to worry about grocery shopping. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian, fit, and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety, you know? And it's a great way to switch up what you're eating. You know, I go to my my classic meal is chicken teriyaki over frozen vegetables and rice every week. But with HelloFresh, I've gotten to really expand that horizon and have uh, like flatbread pizzas. Like I wouldn't think to myself, like, oh, let, I'm going to make a flatbread pizza this week. But with HelloFresh, they give you the opportunity and it saves me so much time. I cannot tell you how much I love just like sitting there on like a Saturday or Sunday and scrolling through the website with my boyfriend and being like, what do you want for dinner this week? And I love how little prep it is. I hate spending unnecessary time like just doing all the stuff. They come pre-marinated. It's fantastic. And HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And you can save time and money without going to the grocery store. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16, promo code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's high, um, it's, I highly recommend it. It comes highly recommended. <laughs> um, it's America's number one meal kit for a reason. And um, so, you know, head on over to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 promo code locked on 16 thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of locked on flames as always you can follow me on twitter at jess belmosto who's hot who's not let's start with the sneaky the sneaky hotness okay last night on the broadcast cassie campbell made an excellent point about dylan dubé and saying that he is playing some of his best hockey And I, you know, I had to sit back and think for a minute. There was a reason he wasn't moved at the deadline. There was a reason why the Flames, you know, weren't trying to get a strong, get stronger at a a depth position because they believe in Dylan Dubé. Now, Dubé has kind of played all over the lineup this year and has used the versatility to his own strengths. 
And I think with that, you know, we're seeing him play center. We're seeing him play wing. He is pretty vital. You know, he can slot in wherever. And, you know, just like the same way that we talk about Yarncroke and um, Yarncroke and Toffoli, just about how, you know, their versatility plays a big part in their role. Dubé is still young. So, you know, I, I'm very sorry for all, all the things I've said about Dylan Dubé um, about reaching his ceiling. But when I sat back and thought about it for a true minute, I realized that I think part of his quote-unquote staggered development can be accounted for by poor coaching his first few years of time in the NHL, you know? So now he has to unlearn bad habits that he had made a routine and now he's really trying to prosper as an athlete and take his game to new heights and I give Dubé so much credit he's talked about how Daryl Sutter has changed his um experience and why he's a better player so I do think that a lot of players respect Sutter and I think that that just goes to show you even though it's been a while since Sutter is coached Players still like him. Players, he still has his magic. And I am very happy to see that he is, you know, obviously scoring goals, but he is able to kind of be the new Sam Bennett in terms of playing where he's needed and where they see fit. And I don't obviously don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I think that Sam Bennett, you know, his time truly did come to an end. Like there was a true like definitive moment when his time in Calgary came to an end but you know Dubé is still young and he's 23 24 years old um and he he's just he's such a nice guy too like you just want you just want to root for him <laughs> and I think that he really will continue to prosper especially in this system I don't think that uh you know, the Flames would have kept him if they didn't see true potential in him. And then this is this is a weird one to talk about for um, who's not hot. Because these players are usually the ones playing their best hockey, right? So Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm were outshot and outscored on 5-on-5 hockey last night. Um which is very unusual. And as top line players, like you have to perform better and you truly have to outperform your opponents. And I don't think that there's really ever any, uh, you know, doubt that they can, but for whatever reason, last night was just not their night. And I know that Johnny scored a goal. I understand that. I, I, you know, I think a lot of you are probably saying to yourself, Jess, are you kidding me? Johnny scored, you know, the first goal of the night, and now he's a goal shy of 30. Well, yes, but I am, for my reference points of this episode, I used uh, Beyond the Box score, which Shane puts out every uh, morning, late night, morning after uh, Flames game. And they are a great way to truly look at the, the game. Uh, so he does Corsi King and Corsi Clown, which is, Corsi is a way, it's one of those advanced analytics, but it's, uh, it's, I'm not entirely sure 
how to explain it, I believe this is like high danger chances and kind of like the defense, one of the defensive mechanism mechanic things, but it is uh, really anything, anytime you're looking at advanced analytics, you want to be above 50%. Anytime you're looking at them, if you're below 50, you stunk. So Elias Lindholm was at a 39.46 and Johnny was at a 49.75 and they weren't able to generate shooting chances the way that they normally can, right? Which is very odd. Very odd. Especially because the Sharks, like, they're not that good of a team. Like, they're in that rebuild phase and they're just not not good. So, I have to say that you do need to be playing at a different level when you're going out there and playing uh, you know, like if I, if I looked at this and said, that's how you're going to perform in uh, the playoffs, that's embarrassing. And there was a quote Daryl Sutter had a few weeks ago saying, it was like last week, he said, you know, if we have to play Colorado in the first round, it's going to be a waste of five days or eight days in five games. You know, like he knows that this team can go out there and look bad and not compete with their opponents. So look at that. Look at each game the same way that Sutter does. You know, like, are these players playing up to performance? Like, would they be able to go out there and hang with Nate McKinnon and uh, Gabe Landeskog and Kale McClart? Like, are they able to go out there and push and perform? Because I don't know if they could. After last night, I don't know. I did not like a single thing that I saw from this team last night. But, you know, I have hope that things will, you know, look better, especially as we're moving forward. <laughs> you know, Brett Ritchie finally has a point. So I think that we can, like, really soak in this whole the Flames are getting better movement sort of deal. You know, the Flames are really, really taking it to the next level because of Brett Ritchie's one point of the season. And coming up next, we are going to talk about, you know, sitting back and reflecting on the next two days off. In between the, last night's game against the Sharks and then the next game against another non-contender, the Arizona Coyotes. And before we move on, though, let's have a word from uh, Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know that I talk about them all the time on this show. They are a delicious tasting protein bar that does not taste like a protein bar. They are covered in 100% chocolate, and they have Built Puffs that are these marshmallowy goodness that uh, everyone loves and can get their hands on when you head on over to Built.com. And, uh, you know, scroll through their inventory. If you don't know what you want or what flavors you might like, get a variety pack. You know, I think that uh, they, I think all the flavors are good. Uh, I'm not particularly a mint fan, but um, my mom really likes the mint flavors. I think that they truly do taste like a candy bar. They're good for you. High in fiber, high in protein, low in carbs, low in calories. It doesn't get much better than that. So, Head on over to built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15 for your next order of built bars. <sighs> you know, 
You know when you're a kid and you get sent to time out and your parents are like, go reflect on what you did and figure out why you're in time out. Yes. Look at those bad behaviors and say, was it worth hitting little, little Billy with my wiffle ball bat? Was it worth, I don't know, what do kids do? Did they spit? Did they go blowing raspberries? Was it worth telling another kid to shut up? The flame, that's kind of where the flames are at, right? That's how I look at this. They, they have these next two days to reflect, to sit back and say, what went wrong in that game against the Sharks, the game against the Sabres? How the heck did we perform like that in Vancouver? And put it together. You know, obviously I'm not saying like, like there's a difference between reflecting and stewing in the negativity. Like, stewing in the negativity would be, like, Markstrom going out there and, like, sitting in his hotel room or wherever he's at, I don't know, stay home, and saying, oh, that stupid, stupid goal. That first goal I let in, I shouldn't have, you know, I've, I've saved that goal a million times in practice. Why didn't I do it? Why couldn't I have saved it? No. that That's stewing. Reflecting on it is saying, when that exact shot comes next time, I will have it. I will have it because it is a save I've made a million times. And more than likely going to be on the film that Arizona watches. So, you know, I think, you know, Johnny going out there and not really generating the same shooting chances or, um, you know, Sean Monaghan not cycling the puck well. What can they do to make sure that changes? And that's, that's the difference, you know, beating yourself up over a loss is not, that's not going to do anything. It's a regular season game against a non-contending team in your division that you've lost to before. You can't go back and change it. You simply can't do that. But they have these next two days off to really work towards being a better players in the next game and for the rest of the season. Obviously, ups and downs happen. You're not going to go out there every night and win every single game. That is not statistically, mathematically, physically possible. But how, why did you take your foot off the gas when you had a 3-2 lead? Like, that is still a close game. Is it closer than 2 nothing? Yeah. So why are you getting too comfortable why did you stop applying pressure? How can you regain and reapply that pressure? And I think that losing to those teams, you know, is a bad, I don't want to say a bad sign, but it just kind of shows you that, like, maybe they're just not performing as well as everyone kind of makes it out to be. But then again, you look at the game against Vancouver and you're like, oh, that's actually like really good Flames hockey. So I don't think that we need to overreact. I don't think that we need to sit here and say, oh my God, the Flames are going to have a first round exit because I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't see the future. I, I just know that we have to take this on a game by game basis and look at the behaviors 
that need to change and what what are your behaviors to win you know obviously crashing the net has been such a huge thing for them this season why were they not crashing the net what what was in the way what was their barrier <laughs> and it's so frustrating like looking back on that game and seeing and knowing that's where things went wrong but you just you can't fester in it you have to move on and apply those changes to the next game and the game after that and just keep it going because getting frustrated about it isn't going to change anything it's just going to make you miserable so don't do that don't be miserable the flames are still in first place in the pacific so <laughs> that's really all you can ask for and it looks like vegas is having their little moments of being absolute stinky. And uh, now they have a trade voided and um, have to figure out their cap space issues. But not my problem, not the Flames problems. But thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. Uh, thank you for making the show the first listen of the day. You can find me on Twitter at JessBelmosto. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube as well. Leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review. Uh, in tomorrow's episode, I think we're going we're gonna to talk some more about this Arizona game coming up because I, I'm not worried, but we need to look at the what-ifs and play some hypothetical situations out. <laughs> so thank you all again, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.